I'm looking at the man in the mirror. That's probably one of the greatest songs that never gets mentioned as one of the greatest songs. I wouldn't say it's one of the greats. Could it make a change? <laughs> It's up for grabs now! Thomas! Right at the end! Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again! So watch it! Drink it in! Welcome everybody to the final countdown of podcast looking back at great final days of a English oh, here we go. first division season. Um, so for those that are joining us either for the first time or just a reminder from last week, we are changing our podcast for the next few weeks as our next series is the final days of the English top flight division. So taking us all the way back from the late 70s uh, all up to the modern day of how the Premier League or the first division as it was then rounded up all the drama, all the stories expertly explained by uh, myself, Lewis, and my co-host, Adam. Very good, mate. Very yeah. sure you hadn't thought of that at Absolutely. all. Absolutely. Just hit record and then just <laughs> straight off the top of the dome. So we'll see what we've got. Um, very much like his podcast. Yeah. Very, winging it from the start. Very much so. Um, but welcome. If you are new, we would love a follow, a subscribe, or whatever your podcast app likes you to do. Uh, and ratings. We have been... We've been very humbled by the amount of people that have actually taken the time to rate us and give us five stars. So thank you for... Many thanks. Yeah, all of you that have reviewed us, uh, and we would love it if anyone else could. But enough of the self-promo. Ad, you are kicking off this new series. So what season are we beginning with? We are. Yeah, we're starting just randomly in 1977-78. Yeah. And there's an element of reason towards that. We kind of... We did the FA Cup series, and we started in the year I was born. That's right, yeah. For no other reason than the fact it was the year I was born. Yeah, and let's also be honest, from a research point of view, it would have got harder and harder and harder yeah. to do the 1930s. I mean, the 80s FA Cup finals were kind of my, they were my sweet spot. Yeah, So I was, I was keen to do that. So we kind of thought same era, but then when we started looking at it, there was a little bit of a story that I think me in particular were, was intrigued by. Yeah. Um, in the sense that we dropped right in the middle of the dominance of a certain Merseyside-based team. That's right. And it isn't blue. <laughs> Tranmere Rovers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were a Over dominant Chester. force. <laughs> Wrexham were strong. So yeah, so we uh, we're going to tell that we're going to begin by telling that story because it's uh, yeah it's amazing um, what we kind of um, figure out. So yeah, nineteen seventy seven, seventy eight. So there's an element where with this new series that I'm sure we'll kind of work out a format. So I've had a little bit of an attempt at that. Yeah, you by all means can copy that or completely disregard it. But the idea is that we start at the final day of the season. Oh, okay. Now, like however it. long we spend there is probably dependent on how significant the final day was. So anyway, the final day of the 1977-78 season is a bit weird because back then they didn't finish the games at the same time. Ah, of course. I hadn't put two and two together. No, no, but yeah, no. of course. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So when I started then. looking into it, I was like, when's the season end? It's like, it's just so random. many different dates. Yeah, just there's like over two weeks. I think the last league game was like a Thursday night between two <laughs> mid, mid-table of teams. It was, it was kind of like nothingness. It's really, I mean, it's a kind of non-TV audience, I guess. So yeah, they weren't exactly. thinking in that, in that way. And I guess... The kind of it was to do with fairness, wasn't it? That they introduced the yeah, betting every- and gambling becomes more and more of a thing, and match fixing, yeah. and yes, yeah, so people can start to kind of exploit, and make money, and obviously the bookies was 
definitely a thing in the 70s, yeah. but not to the extent that it is now. So No. Yeah. So back in a purer time. That's right. Um, so the final games of the season happened over about a 10-day period right? Uh, in May 1978. Um, to set the scene, Liverpool were the dominant team. Champions. 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 So they had, I guess, in a way, they'd done a... Have Man City won two in a row now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Liverpool it, yeah. had done a Man City. Or Man City did a Liverpool. That's right. Uh, so Liverpool had won two in a row. Um, they had been... Under uh, Bob Paisley, is that uh, right? Under Bob Paisley, that's right. Uh, they, you know, they were the, kind of the unstoppable force of English mm-hmm. football. And so entering into the 77-78 season, all eyes were kind of like, who can challenge this team? A little bit similar to what we're talking about modern day day, with like who on earth is going to catch you know Pep and 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 Man City and so it was a little bit for those of you that kind of like you know man alive I'm like 19 what you're talking about this is what we're talking about it's the same situation Liverpool were running away with everything dominance uh, complete and utter dominance they were regarded as one of the greatest teams in English history this late 70s Bob Paisley and Liverpool team if not the greatest possibly to kind of paint the picture for our younger listeners we're talking about that kind of dominance. So what happens in this season, we couldn't really just skip past. Yeah, sure. Because it's ridiculous when you think about the weight of a, an unbelievably dominant uh, footballing force. If I may take you, Lewis, to May the 4th. May, may the, the 4th, 4th be, be with, with you. you. <laughs> and with you. Very good. Sister. <laughs> Sister. So. Anyway, before we do the whole film, (laughs) May the 4th, 1978, one significant last game of the season, final game of the season, uh, happened on this day. The season kind of spluttering to a finish. This game finished nil-nil. Well, that's not where I thought you were going to go, if I'm honest, Big hype, mate. Final game of the season, May the 4th, 1978. It finished nil-nil. It had no bearing on either team's finishing position. Well, that is a damp squib, isn't it? You've really sold and built up this whole end of the end of the season and it's finished with a ball draw. Cheers, right. then. Let me, let me, uh, let me... Let me, let me, let me add a little bit of spice to that. Say this sentence and I think you'll change your mind. But the European champions and defending league champions, Liverpool, at Anfield couldn't beat newly promoted Nottingham Forest. Oh, and Forest Forest. were crowned champions. Wow. That is good. That That is very good. That is a line. Newly promoted. I didn't really realise that. So can you imagine when the fixtures came out uh, back in August 1977 and Liverpool were kind of, you know, looking at the running thinking, yeah, great. If it comes down to the last day of the season. Yeah. Forest Forest at home, last game of season. No problem at all. That is... Couldn't beat them. Nil-nil at Anfield and Forest of Champions. That is unbelievable. You have redeemed that nil-nil, Adam. Well, very well done. What a that final is, game of the season that was. I obviously kind of knew that Forest won the league, but I had no idea they'd been newly promoted. This was their first it's, season back in the top flight. This is kind of why I was... The more I read about this, the more I was like, we can't sidestep this. Yeah, because even if it. we jumped in next week... Uh, mm-hmm. ne- you know, next week with the 79 season, we jumped straight into this kind of era. Brian Clough, the manager of Nottingham Forest, we jumped straight into this era. And the 70s, really, English football is defined by a few characters. Bob Paisley is one of them. Don uh, Revy. Don Revy is another from an international point of view. And then there's Brian Clough. Yeah. And he's top three, really, in terms of personifying, not just for Forest. No, but uh, English football. Yeah, I mean, he's got a very famous 44-day reign at Leeds United. Yeah, uh, The Damned United is a really good um, kind of film, drama, drama docu, 
documentary, really, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Uh, of that kind of terrible Crazy time. Terrible time. Um, but Clough, you can oh, throw your medals in the bin, young man. <laughs> they don't mean anything when you've won them by cheating. <laughs> Here he is. <laughs> We've got him here now, ladies and gentlemen, Brian Clough. <laughs> so yeah, Clough is a, it's an amazing story. And there's there's loads, I'm sure we'll we'll cover lots of but setting him up. He had he had won the league with Derby County uh, in '72, I think it was. Um, so Clough became only the second manager in the history of English football to win the top division title with two different clubs. That is impressive. Do you know the other? I'm going to say it's Herbert Chapman in the 30s. The famous Arsenal manager? That's right. Arsenal and uh, Huddersfield. Huddersfield. Um, and and who was the third, my friend? Oh, King Kenny. It's got to be King, King Kenny. Kenny. The one and only. He obviously learned everything he needed to at Liverpool and then just uh, thought he'd sprinkle a little bit of competitiveness with Blackburn. Just keep things interesting. Just yeah, to annoy yeah. Sir Alex. I mean, it's similar again, isn't it? I was just thinking then. I know Arsenal came along, but that broke a dominance as well. In, yeah, it's in, funny, isn't it? As competitive as the Premier League is, you do actually you can fool yourself into because obviously, especially modern day, is a lot of oh, that's a farmers league when you talk about the French league or the yeah. German league because the same team wins it again and again. But actually, obviously, you do get shock winners. Leicester, you know, coming out of the blue. Chelsea have had a couple of here and there, but really. Yeah. It's Man United for 10 straight, not straight. You go through eras, don't you? Yeah, that's what I mean. Obviously, the Man City era now of complete dominance. Yeah. Yeah, it it actually, it very much is. And like you said, the Liverpool dominance is astounding in the the 70s. Yeah, in the 70s and 80s, uh, Liverpool in particular. But I think what's interesting is in these periods of dominance, there seems to be an isolated league win. Yeah, yeah, that just about keeps Uh, things interesting. I just wonder if we'll see that pattern you know we know from memory and from learning this one you've got this kind of like just this weird you know it just makes you wonder with city, man city is like is someone random gonna win it yeah well i mean they've in between their dominance the only teams that have broken them up have obviously been liverpool but they've actually challenged them as rivals yeah. but and leicester which took advantage of everyone being poor yeah but other than that like it's chelsea win it in the last 10 years i feel like they won in the last 10 years yeah, yeah. yeah. but I, yeah. I feel like is it six out of the last seven City have oh, won, I think. Yeah. Assuming they win this year, maybe. Um, <laughs> a bit early to tell, mate. Yeah, true, but is it though? <laughs> is it who's going to really yeah, stop they City? It can't be Wolves, mate. <laughs> oh, that's true. That is true. <laughs> anyway, back to 1978. Yes, of course. Uh, sorry. Um, so, yeah, what did we get to? Brian Clough. Um, it had been an unbelievable 18 months for Forrest and manager Brian Clough. In fairness, further back than that, but those 18 months in particular. But if we just kind of set the scene and lead up a little bit. Uh, Brian Clough, because it, it tells the story, he was appointed as the Forrest manager on January the 6th, 1975, um, just four months after his infamous exit from Leeds. That's crazy. Which is interesting in the context of the whole Clough story. And also, because obviously Leeds is is there in the middle, but people forget, obviously, the huge, huge rivalry between Derby and Forest. Yeah. And it's, 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 I don't feel like from outside the Midlands area, it probably doesn't get spoken about enough. No. Um, of, of what a huge, not, I guess, betrayal to a degree that is to go to your rivals. Although, do you think those things are played up more now? Than yeah, definitely, were? because you've got media and tribalism is growing and growing and growing. Yeah. So I definitely feel like it matters more now. But um, I used to date a Derby fan and I would always talk about Oh, Cluffy, Cluffy this, yeah, Cluffy that. Should we like, oh, Dar- yeah, Derby's Cluffy. It's like, no, ah, he didn't I make see, his right, name. Yeah, at, yeah, well, yeah. he didn't make his name at Derby, but he's not remembered as Derby's <laughs> Brian Clough. He's remembers, remembered as Forrest's Brian Clough. But Clough. he is to Derby people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the funny he's, thing about that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Anyway, so 
Brian Clough went about rebuilding a broken team. Basically, Forest were languishing in the second division, which is the, the second league in the English mm-hmm. setup. Uh, for those that are younger, you had Division One, Division Two, Division Three, Division Four. That was yeah. it. No kind of like championship or you know anything like that. Yeah. That came much later. So Clough kind of was brought in to rebuild. Uh, I mean, I say a broken team, but they really weren't any kind of a major force yeah. in, in English football at all. They never had been, and after this, they kind of. It petered away a little bit again to what the modern day forest is. Yeah, it's the, this is the most successful time in their entire club's By history. A mile, yeah, yeah. Um, but also, it's funny how that was so much more acceptable. There wasn't such a big division, I don't think, between the second division and first division like there is now between no. the championship. Well, the and money wasn't as no, as and you would see managers taking middling or bottom half second division teams and taking them up and establishing them. Shank- Shankly obviously did it with Liverpool, became. Yeah famous taking them as a languishing second division team made them what they were Cluffy's done it here you saw second division players sometimes getting called up for the England squad which never ever happens now but back then it wasn't that astonishing and you and you would see really good managers really good teams get relegated and there wouldn't be an exodus of players players would just stick around get promoted again the next year and carry on like nothing happened it didn't didn't kill their careers dropping down a division it is interesting that Clough took the job in a mid-table second division team four months after being headhunted by one of the top teams, the greatest, yeah, one of the best teams so in the top flight. If yeah. I'm right, didn't is it Don Revy that left Leeds? Yeah, that's right because right. he got the England yeah. offer. So which, it's a high profile job. Yeah, and then suddenly he's middle of Division Two. Yeah, crazy, really weird. Um, so anyway, he went to um, Forest uh, in January 1975. He rebuilt the team. Some and this is kind of cool, really. This is where it links a little bit um, to modern day, or at least kind of our modern sure. day um, uh, linking in. So Martin O'Neill. Here he is. Uh, and John Robertson, uh, Martin O'Neill in particular, manager became, is, is he still manager of Ireland or is he? No, no, no that's Michael O'Neill. Right, so, but he has been manager yeah. of Ireland with Keane, uh, Roy that's Keane. Right, yeah, um, <laughs> so you, and he's a pundit on T. I'm just kind of linking it a little bit for those that mess, maybe not know the names. Um, actually a brilliant manager, Martin O'Neill, Celtic, Leicester. Aston Villa. Aston Villa, yeah. So um, yeah, really, and a really good pundit. Really? Underrated, I don't really remember yeah, much I, of... I, I think he's underrated. I remember when he owned Slavan Bilic. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me uh, though on telly that was great um, also um, Clough brought into the fold talented defender Viv Anderson uh, ah, to be yes. a regular in the Forest team do you know of why England he was fame. significant he was the first black player to represent England he was the first black player to um, play for England in the late 70s which is crazy to look back on and think that but um, that was the case um, he then appointed and this is where it links nicely to a bit more modern day certainly with the um, release of a new documentary in the last few days? David Beckham, a four-parter. Any? Watched any of it? No, but I was absolutely ecstatic when I found out it was a four-parter. Four hours of Beckham. It's freaking great. Yeah, because I yeah. thought it would just be one, like, hour and a half special, but I love that series, so I've literally been earmarking. When do I have an evening free to binge it all? Oh, mate, we watched the first two last night. It's like hour and a bit long each one. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so how does Peter Taylor link to David Beckham? That's a great question. Gave him his debut at Preston, is my guess. Not a bad guess, but you are far from it, actually. Okay, go on then. Anyway, Peter Taylor was appointed the assistant coach at... Um, Brian Clough's Norton Forest. Yeah, they went on to the form. Yeah, they went on to form a real dream team, and they worked together for years. Uh, and we'll get to um, kind of where that ends up. But they ultimately put together this kind of a brilliant squad with Forest. And I mean, how do you take a, a languishing Division Two team and four years later win the top division and more, which yeah. we'll, which we'll get to. Um, so anyway, Peter Taylor was a big part of that, but. Interestingly, he was appointed England manager after Kevin Keegan quit. Is that right? For one, for game, one game in 2000. 
So if you remember Kevin Keegan quitting, like having a after little the Germany game after the Haman. Hey mate, he was he was too passionate an England fan. Just not good enough. I'm just <laughs> no kidding, Kev. I've absolutely no complaints. I, I've had all the um, help I've needed to do my job properly, but I've not been quite good enough. You leave him be, right? That's one of the world's best footballers. He wore his heart on his sleeve. He just couldn't cut it as a manager. He certainly did. He really found out he couldn't call up Tito Esprilla. <laughs> he was gutted. Anyway, so Peter Taylor, um, he had one match, crazy. So he had one game, a game against Italy away. Right. They lost, but he um, just went all out with a young team. Nice. So he called up six players because he'd been under 21 manager. Right, okay. I so vaguely that, remember that's that. The link. Yeah. Um, he was also Leicester manager for a while for those that uh, remember back. But he called up six players who were then eligible for under 21s. Gareth Barry, Jamie Carragher, Kieran Dyer, Rio Ferdinand, Emil Heskey, and Seth Johnson. I tell you what, he's got an eye for talent, Taylor. Fair really? play. And that's not bad going, is it? Like Barry, Carragher, Ferdinand, Heskey all had all right England careers. Yeah. Um, Kieran Dyer and Seth Johnson not so much but they were still top level yeah, players exactly. still, yeah. um, so that was decent but most significantly he made Beckham captain is that right? wow and one of the great dynasties of our lifetime yeah. began courtesy of Mr Peter Taylor isn't that incredible you do wonder genuinely if he hadn't given Beckham right. the captaincy and then a new manager comes in and yeah. kind of wants to make a statement but yeah. I guess arriving when a player's already been given the captaincy, you kind of go, all right, well, he can stay on as captain and I'll make a change if I need to. Well, it was Sven yeah. who then came in and he, I think, was much more comfortable with Beckham in the way that, yeah, you, know, he was, you know, as I was watching the documentary last night, his kind of like lifestyle that was, you know, putting Fergie off, mm -hmm. Sven was loving it. Yeah, of course he was because <laughs> Sven was basically like, I'm living the life of David Beckham without looking like David Beckham. That's the thing. He's thinking in his head, just think what I could achieve if I, if I had the looks of Bex. That's so true. It's amazing that the turnip-headed Swede yeah. somehow managed to get into the troubles and uh, hobbies, shall I say. Just the Swede playboy. <laughs> anyway, so incredible, really, when you think about it. Like Beckham went on to be, in my view, one of the great England captains, just for the Absolutely. way that he played. Yeah. I don't know England didn't win anything and gone about that, but no England captain has won anything. I think how bad we would have been without Beckham. Yeah. That's what I often think about. Um, and he... he personified what many players have not done for England and I think that's why he made a great captain yeah. but that was all courtesy to Peter Taylor I find well, that amazing. thank you Mr Taylor yeah, incredible what, what a great legacy so anyway back to 78 again Peter Taylor with Clough um, working uh, very early on in certainly in Peter Taylor's uh, career a managerial career or coaching career his influence um, with Clough seemed to work incredibly and um, they were promoted to the first division for the first time in seven years so Forrest had been down for a little mm -hmm. while um, got promoted they did this interestingly by finishing third in division two is that right no they came up the hard way no playoffs oh of course top three yeah. come up simple as that interesting um, with the lowest total that ever got a team promoted <laughs> well they now, got it done though. part of this is because until 1981 it was only two points for a win yeah, in course. England um, but they, yeah they went up with 52 points wow which amazingly I think you'll find that around the 40s 45 is safety in the Premier League yeah of course it's That's crazy it? it makes a big difference over the course of a Seven season more points and you yeah. got you got them promoted so anyway, so um, Forrest got up into Division 1 um, into the 77-78 season. Newly promoted, imagine, you know, kind of Luton Town, Huddersfield, yeah, sure. Bournemouth, whoever you want to pick. One of those kind of lowly teams that are just 
absolutely ecstatic to be in the top division. I mean, Luton is probably a really good example. Is, yeah. An unfavoured team. They've, you know, had relative success. They've beat, they've gotten promoted a couple of times, but nobody really was tipping them for promotion at the start of last season. No. And yet they made it against all odds. Obviously, they did come through the playoffs. And you just think, oh, scrappy little Luton. And we've seen how much they've struggled already this season. Yeah, the for Forest. Well, that isn't difficult right now, is no, it? No, it's not right. You're doing okay. I say you're doing okay. You've actually won a game. You've got Calvert-Lewin, but the moment he gets injured in about three games' time... Yeah, so it's, it's going to happen pretty quickly, isn't it? Yeah. Um, anyway, away from Everton as quickly as humanly possible. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, a good way to imagine what Forrest were. Is It's one of those teams when they come up, you kind of go... <laughs> They don't belong. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, every now and then you get a team that comes up. And, Very unfashionable. And you just kind of go, oh, they're not going to last. Yeah. Whereas you get the kind of up and downers, the Southamptons, forgive Norwich. me all these fans, the Norwiches, the West, well, West Ham's a few years ago, not so sure, much now, yeah. who kind of like, oh, what year were they in the Premier League? Yeah, what were yeah. they not? Whereas Forest just weren't a regular top division team. Well, like I say, almost a decade out of the top flight. That's a long time to have been exiled. Absolutely. So anyway, they came into the top division. Clough and Taylor then made a savvy move in the off-season before the 77-78 season. They spent a record 350 grand, which was a lot of money back then, certainly for a team that was coming up, for a goalkeeper. Oh, very outlandish. Called Peter Shilton. Ah, Shilts. There we go. Say no more. Say fans. Taylor argued the money was worth it. Shilton wins you matches, was his quote. I don't know if that's ever been said about a goalkeeper. Ever, but I mean, in fairness, Schilt would, and we will get to that uh, in future weeks. But he would prove that that is absolutely true. Um, in his kind of golden era, um, well, yeah, he he's England's number one, and yeah, he's the best goalkeeper in the country, really. Other, yeah. other than maybe Neville Southall, um, yeah, who's really the only other goalkeeper that that is kind of at his level. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, but we'll get to more Schilt's praise um, as the time goes by. Forrest then joined a small and exclusive club of uh, company of clubs. Um, through an amazing season, which we'll tell a little bit of the story of, who have won the league championship one season after promotion. Incredible. That is, so only two other teams have done that. That is amazing. And that's obviously going back literally over 100 years of top flight football. Yeah. I, it, like, Think of it all pers- the teams that have been promoted. But even I personally, I genuinely believe that Leicester winning the Premier League is the greatest achievement in team sport. I don't just mean football. I genuinely think it's the greatest achievement of team sport. And that was them avoiding relegation the season before. They hadn't like got yeah. promoted. They were a Premier League team that had just about got avoided the drop for winning. I'm gonna, maybe this is controversial. Maybe you'll just straight disagree. I'm not sure that's true. Now I know this story. That it's the great... Yeah, well... I think this is better. Yeah. I think this is a greater achievement because they broke an actual dominance. Leicester didn't. Leicester weren't up against City. The City were transitioning. It was... Tottenham yeah no offence but it was Tottenham Mm -hmm. like my my only caveat to your caveat (laughs) my counter to your counter is that now the discrepancy between the haves and the have nots and even within a division the money that the likes of your Tottenham's your Chelsea's your Arsenal's your Man City's your Liverpool's there are like five teams that have 10 times the budget of Leicester and Leicester still managed to do it whereas there is less of it like you just mentioned yeah Nottingham Forest could spend 350 grand on a goalkeeper in a top division. Do you know what I mean? I feel like the top of the tree was closer. Yeah, I think the transfer dealings of that day probably were they were much more about uh, scouting and savviness yeah. than yeah. they were about, I'm just going to spank a load of money yeah, and yeah. get who I want. Um, so it was much less business and much more talent spotting, Yeah, I think, back then. So yeah. I guess from a football point of view, my caveat to your caveat, <laughs> to your my caveat... <laughs> Uh, would be that I think this was probably a purer. Oh, that I can agree with. Um, 
achievement. Um, ultimately, they're both unbelievable achievements. So the likes of, you know, the fact we're talking about two instances that happened 40 years apart. Yeah. Uh, yeah it, it shows do- the rarity. It doesn't it. happen. Yeah. It's completely and utterly beyond the comprehension of most most modern day football fans to understand what a team coming up, Luton coming up yeah. this year and winning the league yeah. with basically the same squad. It's, it's alien, yeah. And I think you're right in terms of we probably won't ever, for me and you, we probably won't ever see it in our lifetime. No, now. not oh, really. No, not with the money going, around now. Yeah, it's yeah. only going one direction. Yeah. I just think, yeah, it's quite quite astonishing really that probably by the end of our, that's quite morbid, by the end of our lives. Yeah, hell, mate. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. Anyway, sorry, mate. Back to the football. So we're just taking a 10-minute break to think about our impending death. And we shuffle off this mortal coil. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so anyway, back to... I'm going to carry on from that. So what I was going to say, and this is quite cool, and it's quite cool little... I love finding these little link-ups in the stories that we tell on on this podcast. So Forrest joined a small exclusive company of clubs that won the league championship one season after promotion. The two other clubs that have done it, you won't ever know this. Everton did it in 1932, right? With a certain Dixie Dean. Oh, well, the name. Those yeah. who know history, sixty goals in a in a season. Eat your heart, Lionel Messi. I was about to say, yeah, uh, Messi and Haaland can't match Dixie Dean, can you? <laughs> uh, and then Ipswich Town did it right in 1962. Oh. Do you have any idea why that is significant? Uh, I'm going to say Famous Bobby football. Robson. But only because he has a connection with Ipswich. No, I've, although we will get to Bob Robson yeah, in this podcast. I, I thought that was far too early. So no, I don't don't know the connection. Oh, wait. Sir Alf Ramsey. He was an Ipswich manager. Right. So is that how he gets the England job? He left. Yes. Literally the week after Ipswich no way. won the league. They won the league after getting promoted. Yeah. Alf Ramsey got the England job. He gets the phone call on the big red phone. Right. Because of that achievement. That is amazing. Four years later, England win the World Cup. And that makes it even more astonishing that we never let Cluffy manage England. What does, could have yeah, been? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the blueprint, isn't yeah. it? Can you find me a manager that has got promoted and then won the league? Yeah, yeah. there is one. <laughs> yeah, and he really wants the job as well. He's keen. Ah, <laughs> uh, the FA. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, incredible. So, a lovely little link up there. So, Alf Ramsey um, is one of the only, one of the two only other people um, to do what Clough did um, with this Forest side. Um, they took the first division by storm. That's an important thing as well, is they didn't limp their way. Yeah. They didn't kind of rely on someone else being crap. Yeah, sure. They were the best team in the league. That is that is incredible when you put it that way. It, because Leicester only win the league because everyone else is so poor that Well, there season. is that argument, isn't yeah. there? I mean, Leicester were great to watch that season. Yeah, really of course, were, yeah. But no one really stood up. It was no. a freak year. Well, like you say, and I, I, love, I love and both hate that Tottenham get so many strays on this podcast. We, <laughs> I really don't have an axe to grind against Tottenham. We love you, Dan. It is just funny. Yeah. But yeah, it's when Tottenham finish second, you know it's been a really poor year in the Premier League. Certainly, you know, five years ago. Maybe maybe Ange and uh, Tottenham will finish second this year. Who knows? Oh, I've got a problem with that because I really love Ange. He's brilliant. He's great quality. And Tottenham are playing great football. Yeah. I think if we're giving both barrels to Tottenham, we've got to also just accept when they are one of the best teams in the league. Totally, mate. I always loved Harry Kane. I thought he was freaking great. Yeah. How's he doing? <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. Nine goals in seven games. Of course he is. <laughs> anyway, back to Forest. This is going to be a podcast of digressions. Isn't it? <laughs> um, so, they, yeah, they took the first division by storm. They won the league by seven points. That is amazing, especially Which, when it's two points or a win. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that side of it. Um, they also won the League Cup. Oh, a double. In that year. Historic. Ag- against Liverpool in a replay. Oh, no, that's taken me down a notch, but so, good for them. I mean, set aside your kind of Liverpool allegiance, but they, again, beat the reigning league champions, the most dominant team in the last five years, 
They beat them at Wembley. Yeah. And then they go and pip them. Well, they pip them. They they beat them to the league. Yeah, which is often the argument, isn't it? Where it's like, yeah, but we're the better team. But, you know, in a one-off game, anything can happen. It's like, no, in the one-off game and over 42 games, we were better than you. Like, that is that is a statement from Forrest. Yeah. So like you say, to beat us when the pressure was on in one-off games. I know it was a replay, but one-off games, yeah. a final, and everything that comes with that. Um, and the experience that Liverpool had as well. We used to eat up finals. So for yeah. Forrest to beat us over the course of a season and when it mattered most is, yeah. it I is mean, truly I mean, the experience that they would have faced that day oh, yeah. at Wembley yeah. <laughs> is incredible, isn't The it? crazy horse himself, Emlyn Hughes, <laughs> leading out <laughs> I Liverpool. I think about Emlyn Hughes when I think about 70s Liverpool. Yeah, it's because yeah. well, he's coming to the end of, his, uh, end of his career at Liverpool towards the end of the 70s. I think he quits in a year or two. Or not quits, I think he... We ship him out somewhere. Question of sport out. came knocking, mate. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Billy forgot Bo- about that. Billy Beaumont, Emily Hughes. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, Forrest conceded only twenty-four goals in oh, forty-two league games. Um, one of the kind of you know pointers to how they did this. Um, Liverpool couldn't match them, which was unheard of. They just yeah. it was ridiculous. They couldn't keep up with this newly promoted minnow of a team. Um, Forrest only lost three get three games the entire wow. season, all of them away from home. So they didn't lose at home the entire season. Um, They also went on an incredible 25-match undefeated run into the end of the season. So I knew that because I started to research about next week's game. That run continues for a long time, just as a little teaser for next season as well. That that run really does become uh, something that's quite remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Though, interestingly, and this is where you kind of like, you blow your own stat, you know, making it look a lot smaller. They actually drew four of the last five games. Doesn't matter. Well, they got it done and they won by seven points. That's so right. my guess is they were just taking their foot off the pedal. Yeah, exactly. But they, yeah, and they I'm be- clearly had the breathe. Like, that's incredible. So they drew four out of the last five. Think of how many points they would have yeah. been ahead yeah. if they'd really and still won the league by seven yeah. points. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. I mean, that could have been and astonishing. Interesting, because I looked at it earlier. Liverpool won four of the last five. <laughs> and Said to close the gap. Yeah, yeah to make it more They must have been 15, 20 points clear. Yeah. Which is nuts, isn't it? Um, to win that dominantly. So Forest finished seven points. Said that they retained uh, Liverpool retained the European Cup. So maybe their their efforts and energies elsewhere. Um, Everton, Manchester City, and Arsenal completed the top five. Just thought that was interesting yeah, for context. Good. It's it's really interesting. Again, just to to kind of make a point of what it's like in next week's report. It's interesting that obviously Liverpool win the European Cup and finish second. And next season. Forest do well in the European Cup again mm. just as a little teaser and yeah. that affects their league slightly so it's interesting that both teams kind of well this was before the era of big squads and when did substitutes come in we only allowed one substitute back uh, in or I, they definitely could sub at this yeah point, but I feel like it was only it. one sub I'm going to quickly look that up sometime later so it wasn't actually until 1987 20 years after subs were introduced that a second substitute was allowed. Blimey, 87. <laughs> so we're still 10 years away from being allowed more than one substitute, which is that absolutely is astonishing. Although I did hear the FA created the decision-making committee for substitutions in 1971. Wow. I just made that up. <laughs> that you can yeah. imagine that being true, can yeah, you? 16 years of committee meetings. They would love a committee, yeah, exactly. Ridiculous. They should have a committee to assess VAR. Mm. <laughs> <Ooh>. Topical. <laughs> I don't need that. I might just replay it. Yeah. He was joking. <laughs> he would, he's not that bitter. Some of us. That's a completely different podcast, mate. <laughs> right. Anyway, so that 
is the story of how Nottingham Forest won one of the greatest league titles of all time. I've got a little segment I want to chuck in here, by yeah. all means copy it. It's called Significant Others. Good. Um, because obviously there's a main story, there's an A story, mm-hmm. but there's always B, C and D stories. Oh yeah, there's plots flying around everywhere. That's it. So we'll just uh, kind of like highlight a few of Christopher Nolan the- film here. <laughs> kind of Which layer of plot we're in got to tie them all in together. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm just going to highlight those before we um, close off this episode. Man United broke the British transfer fee record on the 9th of February in 1978 by paying Leeds United £495,000 uh, for Scottish defender Gordon McQueen. Oh, interesting. Heard that before? Yeah. So close to the first half million pound um, transfer, yeah. uh, which we'll talk about next year, uh, next week. Oh, next yes, year. we will. <laughs> uh, next week, no doubt. Bob Latchford of Everton fame. Well, famous strong word. That's the first time in my life that the name's Bob, followed by Latchford, has ever been uh, uh, just heard by an my uneducated ears. fool. He was the top goal scorer for Division One. He was won it? a ten thousand pound prize offered by a national newspaper for the first footballer to reach thirty goals in a single season. That is impressive. I mean, ten grand back then. Happy right, days. Yeah. Well done, Bob Latchford. So that came Good from a, a newspaper, not the FA. No, of course yeah, not. Yeah. yeah. So they just let the Daily Mirror pay for it. Or yeah. I don't know well, if it was Daily Mirror. They, they'd lose out on ten grand themselves. Why would they be giving that away? <laughs> Yeah. Why would we reward? <laughs> but interestingly, so he was um, he won the ten grand for getting to thirty goals. That hadn't happened in the first division for eight years. A goal wow. scorer getting to thirty goals. I bet you that newspaper were pissed. <laughs> they were probably like, "Yeah, we'll make it look really generous. Thirty goals. No one's got that in nearly ten years. We'll be fine." Oh, cheers, then, Bob. <laughs> but it did make me think. Is thirty? Is that thirty? Is impressive. Hit? No, thirty is right. It, it, Obviously, Harlan did it, but but this thing it seems less impressive now because we talk about the likes of. Uh, Messi, Ronaldo, Suarez, Lewandowski, mm, yeah, who yeah. who hit but like that's 40, superhuman yeah stuff, exactly yeah. thirty goals in a Premier League season is rare. Owen, I don't think Owen ever did it. I think Henri did it in like one season, maybe. Kane, I think Van der Story's got once. I think Kane's got once. Yeah. Salah's got one. But I mean, no, that's a little rare. bit more impressive because there's less games. This was a forty-two yeah, game sure. season. Obviously, uh, Premier League's thirty-eight, yeah. isn't it? So it's four less games. Um, but all the same, thirty seems to be that is at the top. Like that is a hell of a, a return for any striker. Bob Latchford, mate. Bob Latchford. Well, we're know? putting some respect on his name now. Well done, Bob. <laughs> if you're listening, Bob. Um, I've no idea if he's still alive. He's definitely not alive, oh, is he? All right, Bob. <laughs> rest, in, rest in power, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're 10 grand. Bought you a nice coffin. Is that too more? What is happening with you tonight? I don't know. <laughs> Clearly fixated by death. Death comments. <laughs> I've stared into the void and it's looked back at me. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. Just want to probably build. Publicly apologise for the to the Latchford family. <laughs> yeah, we're not laughing at his demise. Really? If anything, we're just saying his name should be remembered. Absolutely. Remember the name, Bob Latchford. Bob Latchford. <laughs> doesn't have the same ring. It doesn't. Anyway, um, significant others. West Ham United, Newcastle United and Leicester City were relegated from the first division in this season. Sad. Yeah. Sad. Newcastle went from finishing fifth the season before to having one of the worst seasons in their history. That's crazy. And we, there's a similar story next week as well, which actually I'll just spoil that because it's not a big... Um, okay. a big tease but QPR suffered the same thing QPR get relegated next season and they'd finished runners up only three years previous Nuts, so yeah crazy that within three years QPR go from finishing second to being relegated yeah. it's quite an astonishing I remember Norwich off. doing that in the 90s because the Norwich got to Europe do you remember that Norwich played into Milan I don't it was remember crazy um, they had a they had a ginger haired long haired ginger um, midfielder who looked like Charlie Dimmock <laughs> so much so that I don't know what the midfielder was called <laughs> When we started this podcast, I never, ever, ever in a million years thought we'd get a ground force reference. I mean, I love 90s things as much as the next person, just, but... 
I can't remember his name. He was great. He was a great player. I didn't know the fancy team. I wonder if I wonder if his name will come up and you can be like, that's the long hair ginger. So, so he will. He'll come up. Maybe. They finished third. But then they went, I think they went down a couple of seasons later. Uh, demise like Newcastle in 1978. Yeah. And QPR in 79. That's right. There Very sad. And then finally, and you'll love this one, mate. Bobby Robson. Oh, Bobby Robson successively, successfully fought off relegation with Ipswich Town. They finished three points above, uh, one position above relegation, but also guided them to their first FA Cup uh, triumph in their history. Amazing. Yeah. FA Cup winners. Yeah. Oh, Bobby Robson took very him. Very good. I think that's probably what elevated him to the England yeah, job. Yeah, sure. Um, this is three, four years before he took the England job. Amazing. Um, yeah, because he gets Ipswich into Europe, doesn't he? Is he that, does. That's the final thing he does before he gets the England job. That's right, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, they won the FA Cup while also um, nearly getting relegated. Yeah, and then Brian Robson did get to the FA Cup, lost it, but got relegated. Oh yeah, do you remember that? Yeah, I do. In of the course. season of player manager. Oh, I don't. I can still have that image burned into my retinas of his suit and shorts combination. <laughs> and there we go. That's the significant others, as well as the A story of Brian Clough's masterminded league title victory. What a perfect season to start us off with that. That was a great report, full of twists and turns. Uh, and I cannot wait to talk about next week when we see whether Liverpool can regain their crown. 